Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, everyone. I'm Wilmer Valderrama, and I am the host of this show. And I am Mr. Raquel one of the producers. We're here with episode two of Essential Voices. Starting last week, we handed the microphone over to essential workers. And this week, we're going to keep these essential conversations going. We'll continue the dialogue about how we as a community can support the hard labor of essential workers, and more importantly, the folks behind the work, to be in solidarity together. Today, we're going to hear from our essential worker, Leticia Castillo-Jenkins, who's a high school health teacher in Los Angeles. Leticia is the kind of teacher you wish you had. I definitely know I wish Leticia had been my teacher, and she keeps it real with her students to ensure they're empowered in their health education. This was tough during the pandemic, especially when Leticia was finding a balance between educating her students and her own mental health. After we hear from Leticia, we'll be in conversation with Monica Garcia, an active board member from the LA Unified School District, or the LAUSD as we'll be calling it which is the second largest school district in the country. Monica has galvanized the LAUSD community in an effort to reach 100% graduation rates and created sustainable systems to support both students and teachers throughout the pandemic. Sound good, Wilmer? Sounds great, Edmar. Leticia's story starts now. I am completing my 19th year of teaching. Wow, that's so beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. wow. (laughs) How how did you get into it? If you can tell me uh, how... Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, I grew up in East L.A. and I was uh, very involved in high school, very into fitness. And I thought, you know what? I want to major in something fitness related. So I went to college and majored in kinesiology. And I was so interested in these courses because every time that they talked about communities and how we're impacted by different diseases, whether it's heart disease, cancer, high cholesterol, you name it. The Latinx community was up there. We were always winning in the worst cases in our community of this, that, and the other. And you're sitting there in your classes, and I'm not going to lie, I was surrounded by a lot of non-Latinos, a lot of, uh, you know, um, white majority in my classes. And it was a very lonely feeling having to hear our professors describe my community as we're in trouble, you know, we need a lot of experts out there to help these communities. And so it really opened up my eyes. I thought I would be a PE teacher. I switched immediately to a health teacher. I said, I want to teach health. I want to teach health. I want to teach young people 
about all this stuff that nobody ever told me. Like, what is a pap smear? What exactly is, you know, uh, you know eating disorders and, and, and then mental health issues? And I wanted to have real conversations with youth that I didn't have and that I know I was craving at a young age. I remember asking questions in my health class in high school and our, our teacher never quite answered them it was always just kind of like in a weird way it was taboo it was like it was almost yeah. like you know that's for your parents to figure out right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you don't, I don't we don't teach a class on that even though this is health class right and so you were I was left with so much curiosity to the point where I, I was considered a little too curious and why because in our culture in our community we wouldn't talk about things like that so I just really saw myself coming back to my community and I came back and, and, and I've been here since. I've been teaching health for 19 years. And uh, Is there something unexpected that you love about your work? Like, is there something like you're like, I didn't think I was going to love this part of my job. The fact that I love working with teenagers more than adults. <laughs> I've had jobs where I work with adults. We collaborate. There's a lot of great colleagues I have, but I don't want to spend my day with them. I want to be in a room full of, Crazy teens, I love all their trends, the quirkiest of personalities. I love it, I welcome it. I know that lots of older traditional teachers have that red flag when a certain type of student walks into the room like, oh, what are you wearing? And I'm like, I love it, I love what you're wearing. I love that Oh, hairdo. you'll be everyone's favorite teacher for sure. <laughs> so Leticia, moving on to, um, to this interesting time, right? I mean, talk a little bit about when you first learned about the pandemic, you know, specifically with your job, because nobody could predict that it was going to be this, you know? So what was like a conversation like? You know, I teach a big unit on HIV in our class because that's been the biggest virus that we need to still end and, and eradicate and we're far from it. So when the pandemic was first being talked about on the news, I talked to my students about it. I said, hey, listen, we've talked about viruses. We talked about how they're transmitted. And I was using real current events to like make a point in my class about this is another virus. And this is why we need to always follow CDC, watch the news and listen to experts. But little did I know that it was going to turn into school shutting down. However, I remember this was early February. I told them, hey, this is probably going to happen. Start like distancing yourself from people. Start, you know, really, really wash your hands because. I mean, I can't even imagine what the face on, you know, teenagers when you're saying don't hang out in groups, don't hold hands. Don't you know what I mean? Don't be right. sharing colas. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Can you say colas? Don't kiss, don't kiss your booze. No making out with random yes, people. You like, know. <laughs> That's a really, really interesting thing to bring to a generation of teenagers that basically have had an completely different uh, freedoms. How was that received? A lot of them were concerned. They, uh, I should say some of them were scared. And they said, what do, you, what do you mean? And I said, listen, I think things are going to be really scary for a while. I don't think anybody should go anywhere. We should stay put. And I think that hearing myself say that, I remember feeling my heart like beat faster. And I was like, I felt like this lump in my throat, like, yeah, this is going to happen. It's right around the corner. Mark my words. And sure enough, within two weeks, our school shut down. And I feel like you were one of those first authorities that that gave the, your students, you know, a notion that some things were going to be changed and some conversations had to be had. Yeah. And I told them, this is science, guys. This is real. And because I had just covered HIV in detail, we were talking about condoms. I mean, this is how real my class is. I said, COVID 
worries me a lot more than HIV. HIV I'm in control of. This is different. This is droplets. You don't know where this has been. And so, you know, you got to be really careful of your whereabouts. Tell your parents that they need to be cautious. They need to move with caution. I remember there were some girls in my class who were going to have quinceañeras coming up. And I said, ah, they're like, we're still going to have it. And I said, I don't, I, I kept on saying that. And I was the bearer of bad news. So it wasn't very enlightening. It was more like, come on. You know, I think being a health teacher, I was expected to be an expert. I don't, I'm not an expert. I was so confused myself. And I said, we need to just read and and research is going to change. And what we know about COVID now is going to be different later. Can we please hold on? And then also being a, a person of comfort. You know, my students were constantly, my mom wants to know when is it going to be okay to leave the house? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know this guys because they trust me and the parents trust me. And so. And you're the health, you know, consultant. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it, 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 this is interesting. I mean, I feel like really um, hitting a sentiment for me because teachers and the way we treat teachers and the union and, and however, you know, you guys are taken care of on whatever benefits. I mean, it, it comes full circle to the sanity that you guys gave um, families. It should be a bigger conversation. And I think it's important to hear that, right? Because, I mean, I'm, to your point, you know, now, you know, how does it feel to be deemed essential all of a sudden when you've been essential for, you know, hundreds of years? You know, it's and I thank you for that, Wilmer. I appreciate your words of acknowledging teachers. Um, many of us feel so defeated, though. We feel so defeated, like we just were half of the teacher we know we could be. But I've always known how impactful and influential my my role is as a teacher. And I, I call myself an educator because I'm not just teaching my content. Like kids are watching me. They're watching how I live my life. When they have dysfunction or, or a void in their family, they look to us for that. And so I know that my comments, the way I look at them, my tone is so important. So I have to be healthy in my mind to be able to provide consistency for them. And I want to be real with them too. Like I'm going through things too, guys. Like I, I'm not feeling my best today. I'm very sad today. This is what happened to my family and the kids comforting me. But I've always known, Wilmer, how, how important educators are. And, and I just know that the public and the average person doesn't know it until we either have a teacher strike a crazy bomb scare and we have to close our schools and they don't know where to leave their kids or in this case, the pandemic. And everybody's now like, where do I leave my kids? Where do I don't know how to teach. And a lot of people who say I can do online, it should be easy. It's not, you know, your kid is missing out on some very important feelings and experiences. And, and you'd think that they would appreciate us more. And we all hope that they would, but can I be honest? I don't think I don't think we will be. It's going to be back to normal at some point. And it's like teachers are expected to work to the bone. And how do you feel like we can support the work that you are doing? How can we really show up for you, the teachers? Uh, a lot more advocating for schools, funding, um, donations. Um, I have felt very alone at the same time, having to deal with my own issues with my students, not being able to reach out to them, find them, how to explain technology to their parents. I haven't had enough hours in the day literally to do that, take care of me, my own children, my son's extracurricular things. I need support. I need there to be staff. I feel like teachers should have several assistants per day. It shouldn't just be one if you're lucky. Some of us don't have any at all. Um, it's just 
not forgetting us, not forgetting that even though we're behind the scenes, it feels like we're at home. People have thought that we're comfortable at home hanging out. Are you kidding me? I have worked more hours in front of a computer than I ever have in my life. Really advocating for free resources for teachers, you know, um, compensation for those of us who are going to work over the summer to prepare for the next coming school year. Um, Having more social emotional awareness, not just for the students, but for teachers as well. Teachers need a lot of mental emotional support you know we've been treated like we can just keep on going when we were all grieving at the same time we were all losing family members and I think that they forget that we're real people with spouses who lost jobs with teachers who had to move because they couldn't afford where they live like let's not even get started with our salary Wilmer I mean we make a decent living but come on I mean and I think that this is a really beautiful wake-up call for a lot of parents who think, you know, the school's got it all together and that we can drop off our children and then they're going to be okay. I think that we should probably really, really get to know what is your local school like? What do they really need? And as a community, we should really look at it as like just as much as we complain about the park. You know, the park is not being maintained. That's where I take my kids. I mean, I feel like it's the same conversation about how do we better our schools, knowing that this is our community school and that we should really be more, not just aware, but more present and understanding that it is a community effort to have a sanctuary where your kids can go there and learn and be safe and have the harmony they need so they can be set up for success in the future. And I think that teachers like you, Leticia, who you know, who can really have, uh, you know, not just that impact, but pivot from negativity to positivity, I think is what changes lives. So what words of, of encouragement would you have to those future teachers? Uh, first of all, I commend you for choosing this career, this path. We older teachers need you. We may not act like we do because we think we have it all together, but this has flipped our world upside down and we need your energy. We don't want you to turn your backs. If you're not respected, demand to be heard because you know what education should look like. Leticia, what an inspiration. I'm just uh, grateful for your words and thank you for giving me an insight and being so vulnerable and so open with me. I, th I think it's beautiful. So this conversation is a tribute to what, you, what you've done, what you are, what you do and what you will do. You know, so blessed to have been talking to you. Thank you, Wilmer, so much for the opportunity. It was great. You know, Wilmer, what really strikes me from what Leticia shared is that we need to talk more openly about how we can support our teachers so that they in turn can support our students. Yes, and Leticia's story is a jumping off point. From the micro level, one teacher, Leticia's experience, that brings us to the macro level, the second largest school district in the country, the LAUSD. And we'll be back after the break with Monica Garcia, of the LAUSD. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support 
can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We're back with Monica Garcia. Monica, it's an honor to have you here with us today. To get us started, could you talk specifically about your work as a board member of the LAUSD? You've been on the board since 2006, and um, at one point you were the president, which is amazing. So perhaps you can first describe what your role is now and um, also how the nature of your work and what you've accomplished has evolved over time. As the school board member for District 2, my district is 640,000 people who elect me as one of the seven on the school board, but I'm a social worker by training. And what made me come to LA Unified is that I wanted to see more kids get to graduation, more kids read and write, particularly those served by LA Unified. So in LA Unified, you know, my real job is to hire and fire the superintendent, approve what is today a $20 billion budget, um, make policies like A through G for all, like supporting wellness centers on our campuses, like eliminating barriers of breakfast in the classroom and serving as a community voice. So that community voice part was really present this last year. So what did we do? Right. Peer to peer conversations uh, were very helpful. So we put students on to talk to other students about how to cope with senior year on Zoom. How do we talk to the parents of the kindergartners that are so needing help every single day? How do we bring, you know, support for those teachers and principals who a lot of times were very focused on trying to maximize services in the district? And, you know, we were running grab and goes that serve some 140 million meals in our hardest need neighborhoods. And we were having our frontline uh, workers, all workers, cafeteria workers, janitors, teachers, assistants, principals, teachers, social workers, being the people connecting with families. And the first time we said, we're going to go home for two weeks, then it became, we're going to go home for a month, then it's going to be, we're going to finish the year online. And then really having to navigate what was a public health crisis with serious impacts into the educational world, right? But again, my job is to help Our families know what we have, what services we have. My job would be to uh, move money inside this big system into the communities of highest need. So I believe in equity. One, LA Unified right now doesn't have an equitable distribution of resources, um, but we're moving towards that. But I am an impatient 
person. And the class of 21 has concluded. The class of 35 is coming in. The class of 2040 is being born. So, you know, to me, time is precious. And I think we learned that, especially in this pandemic. You know, one of the things that I felt like we were championing back with President Obama and we were talking about immigration and the DACA students and how to really maximize the talent that we had in schools at the moment. We also started thinking about how to pave the road for those future DACA students or those future, you know, young students who are about to enter a middle school. I mean, I love what you were talking about the generation that hasn't been born yet. What do we need to have in place before they're here? We have to really examine mindset. President Obama did us just a giant favor in saying close dropout factories, right? For our students, we just have to decide as a country whether or not it is access for all or is it just success for some? Because it's very expensive to not invest in young people and our families. And so when I think about me being born in East LA in 1968, California was fifth in the nation in per pupil spending. I got to be president when we got to 49th in the nation. So last year's seniors who were my kindergartners, they got here at the beginning of the economic decline. So they arrived at school where despite great wealth in California, we have been under supporting schools. When I think about the world of not yet, the United States needs kids who are prepared about solution building, about collaboration, about dealing with the unknown. So when I think about the future, I really do think reading and writing, thinking, believing, the idea that you belong and you have a contribution This country's strength is in the belief and optimism and hard work of immigrant communities. That's just true. We'll be right back after this break. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to Essential Voices. Before diving any deeper, I'll point out that Wilmer was a student in the LAUSD. 
and um, that the LAUSD was where you, um, Wilmer, had your first experiences with teachers after you immigrated to the U.S. And during Leticia's conversation, um, Wilmer, you mentioned that she's definitely one of the cool teachers. So could you describe any teachers that you had while in school that you still remember and share any favorite memories? And Monica, I don't know if you were part of the LAUSD as a student, but if so, please jump in whenever. Yeah, so for me, it was it's so exciting because, uh, you know, I, I was just arriving from Venezuela back in 1993. At the end of 1993, I was 13 years old. And I had to repeat the seventh grade because I didn't know how to speak English. So I was in ESL classes, um, English as a second language. And that was the class where I had, you know, I was able to commute with other kids like me that had just gotten here too. You know, and as I was progressing through school, you know, I, I realized that my first job on behalf of my family was to learn how to speak English. You know, that was the first thing I needed to do. And as it progressed, I had a couple of teachers who, you know, who really believed, right? Who really believed in these kids, you know? And I think that that was one of the biggest sort of confidence that really kind of empowered me to do what I'm doing now. Now that I'm an adult and be able to come full circle to talking to some of those teachers that I had when I was younger, to see that there were really people like you and I and that a lot of the process as emotional, as much of a roller coaster, they weren't really afforded the time to really process some of the stuff that was going on back then. You know, we went to some historical moments from 9-11 to Death Storm to, I mean, there was like a lot of stuff going on that had to be explained to the kids, you know, uh, historically. And they were the first authority on that. And, you know, I don't remember ever asking them how did you feel about that? Or like, how, you know, how does that feel to you? You know, what is your conversation like with your family? So Leticia was really open with us to talk to us about what conversations are that? How does she balance her relationship and her professionalism, you know, with her students as well as what she brings at home, you know? So in coming to that experience, do you have moments like that, that you felt like, oh, wow, my teacher is like a person, just like my mom, (laughs) you know, back when we were, when we were young. You know, my mom uh, was very much a believer in the uh, respect and authority of teachers. They were right there next to the priest in her world. And so uh, she was an immigrant. My parents met at Stevenson Middle School that I now represent in about the 50, 55, 56. And what really stays with me is just that power of being present in a young person's life. So you're absolutely right. I remember the teachers who said, yes, of course, Monica, we believe in you. You're not crazy. You're not, you don't have to stay in your space. You're from born in East LA. We already know who you are. But it was the ones who would hold open a dream, who would hold open a possibility, who would lend you some of the confidence when you were unsure to make a decision. This piece about my parents and my story, working class, East Side kid, uh, being able to, you know, get to college is such a message that we need to hear in the neighborhood. The pandemic reminds us that in LA Unified, urban America, right, where 86% of our kids are from low-income homes and lots of first-generationers and lots of English learners, that they experience different levels of trauma on the regular. So for the teachers that had the toolbox of being able to be human beings with them, the teachers who were willing to talk about emotions, psychology, and wellness, where that was already a practice, like some teachers have a lot of mindfulness uh, that's part of classroom experience, they were able to transfer it. Some of us were having to be learners, 
right? Some teachers never did the Zoom, never did hellos and in boxes. I've heard a lot of kids say, hey, teacher, I remember when you were a box, but now I get to see you in person. And it's like, they're so happy about it, right? So we also saw a lot of our kindergarteners When we opened the doors to campus and kids came, they were happy. They already knew who the teacher was. Kindergarteners, you know, the little five-year-old can be very uncomfortable with, I'm going to school for the first time. The pandemic taught us, maybe we should all do Zoom for a few days before first day of school, right? Just to be learners. Oh my God, Zoom for kindergartners? I wouldn't have thought of that. Although my parents have recounted to me that I was pretty nervous before kindergarten and they brought me by the school because it was uh, really close by to our house so I could meet my teachers before the first day. So I guess Zoom for kindergartners is the 2021 equivalent of what I did. (laughs) Um, But switching gears a little bit, Monica, could you describe what changes you saw or changes that you led in the LAUSD during the pandemic? So I think we all saw how wellness overall came to the forefront of living during the pandemic. And that was true for kids in schools. That was true for our teachers, our social workers, our custodians, where the interaction from human beings became something that was informing your living every single day. For me, one of the things I started doing is doing Facebook Live, and I do it in Spanish and English. And sometimes we created uh, things called... um, you know, Facebook Live Monday uh, Mindful Minutes that we would bring on others in the district to talk about what happens when I don't feel well. How does breathing impact me? How, you know, we had to learn about dread. We had to learn about how our brain processes no information about where we're going and how we're all living that together. So whether you were 5, 15, 25, or 50, you were experiencing something for the first time. For me, part of it was finding new ways to put information out into the universe, whether that was social media or being available for, you know, really ask the question conversations, like especially for Spanish language media of all the networks. They had questions from the public. Leticia mentioned that for a lot of her students, the teacher was the most important source of information about COVID for themselves and for their families. Did you see that across the district? When you tell me the teacher was the most powerful voice on verifying or validating public health information, I believe it. So if one teacher had 20 kids showing up, you know, there was a lot of questions around where are the kids who were not showing up? And what can we do? I joined people as we went out and gave computers. And I was so impressed by the teacher social worker uh, team. This was a wonderful thing that came out of real personalization. We were interested in everyone, not just the ones that were showing up. What systems does the LAUSD have in place to support its teachers? Are there any specific initiatives in place to support the mental health of teachers and maybe anything new that emerged due to the pandemic? And finally, I know this is a long question, but what can families or former students of the LAUSD or folks who are passionate about improving the educational system, either within the LAUSD or in their particular area, do to support their teachers? 
What we did for our teachers in particular is help them design what was best for their school when we were opening back, including them in decision making. We worked collaboratively to, you know, make the vaccine available for all of them before we asked them to come back. And that was something that we had to work together on for the state and the county. I think um, the, the other thing is we acknowledged their voice because they were the ones that the parents and the students in their classroom were listening to. So, right? so give up the microphone, let them talk about it. Could you describe the specifics of what you do to support each individual student to ensure that they're graduating? And describe also what the teacher's role is in ensuring this graduation goal for each student. We know we cannot do what we want to do without teachers, period. So acknowledging that our employees are absolutely the energy that makes the learning and that life journey for that child. It's not just one time. And that's why I I know already, right? It's who's here now, but where are we going? Because school districts as big as ours go slowly. So one, we're right now hiring a lot of teachers. And uh, we did something called the primary promise to just focus on the reading and trying to capture the opportunity of being smaller. And because of the pandemic, social distancing really did make us be creative. Most families have experienced directly the kind of hard work that teachers do, that school districts offer support for young people. And whether you thought about it when you were a kid, you felt it like that investment from eight to three is significant and tolerating not just one kid. So we're trying to personalize also, right? So if MR has a a cold and Vilmer has a, a allergy, it's not the same response. I have to say we are expecting to come back Like right now, summer school, it's open to everyone. So teachers who needed to take a break and didn't want to be a part of that, that's fine. Teachers who wanted extra compensation and support with the kids, they were able to choose, right? Um, We're not done with COVID. And so we mandated weekly COVID tests to help employees and students because we know under 12 still doesn't have a vaccine. And our teachers were very concerned in addition to PPE and the the filtration that we're always trying to improve. It was really, I want to be safe for my students and I want to be safe for my family when I come back home, right? Monica, we just have one more minute here with you today. And I want to thank you so much for your time, for sharing your passion with us today, and for sharing a part of what you've accomplished over your career with the LAUSD, especially in regards to the last year and a half with the pandemic. It's been an honor to speak with you today. Thank you all. Thank you for caring. Thank you for lifting the story of our teacher. Thank you for knowing that our young people absolutely want to be successful just like you. So uh, gracias, gracias, gracias to everyone who has supported learning and life this last year. Our future is bright. Gracias. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this today. Our story this week comes from Los Angeles, but wherever you're listening from, we encourage you to research your local school district, familiarize yourself with your school board representatives, and learn what actions are being taken to support students and teachers in your district. So join us next time to hear us talk to our next essential worker, Dr. Carolyn Kavner, a school guidance counselor and therapist, followed by our roundtable guest, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, 
the Surgeon General of the State of California, and Adriana Alejandre, a therapist and founder of the Latinx Therapy Podcast. Essential Voices with Wilmer Valderrama is produced by me, M.R. Raquel, Allison Shano, and Kevin Rutkowski, with production support from associate producer Lillian Holman. Executive producers Wilmer Valderrama, Adam Reynolds, Leo Clem, and Aaron Hilliard. This episode was edited by Sean Tracy and Luigi Villanueva and features original music by Will Rosati. Special thanks to this week's Essential Voice, Leticia Castillo-Jenkins, and to our thought leader Monica Garcia from the LAUSD. Thanks to Sonia Reza and Mindy Kordashim as well. This is a Clamor and WV Entertainment production in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.